I just want to begin by reading John 17. John 17, verse 4, uh, verse 3 and 4. Now, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So, the Lord Jesus, when he was sent to this earth, he was sent to save us. He was sent to give us eternal life. And... Uh, so that we can live the life that God wants us to live. Eternal life is living God's kind of life. And how can we have eternal life? A lot of times we think that, oh, eternal life is by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Yeah, that is true. But here, it tells us, now, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life came to us through relationship. You know, when we believe in Jesus, we enter into a relationship with God. The Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So as a result of that relationship, we have life. We have eternal life. We have God's kind of life. And as a result of this relationship, we get to know God, right? We get to know who God is. So this is eternal life, that they may know you, know you, Father, as the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, so we really need to know God in order to be able to live the life that we have, uh, that He's giving us. We really need to know God in order to know ourselves. So that we can live that life. And uh, so how can we really know who we are? The people came to Jesus. They asked Jesus, who are you? And uh, we can find that in John 8, chapter 8. We want to see what was Jesus' answer. John 8, verse 25. Who are you? They asked Jesus. And Jesus replied, Just what I have been claiming all along. Jesus replied, I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is reliable, and what I have heard from him I tell you. The word. You know, when they ask Jesus, who are you? He begins to talk about the Father. He was very sure who he is. He said, you know, I'm the one whom I claim. I always claim to be. I know who I am. But how did he know who he was? He said, he who sent me is reliable. What I have heard from him, I tell the world. 
So Jesus knew who he was by knowing God the Father. And we too need to know God the Father. And that was the mission that Jesus came to do. That they may know you, Father, as the only true God. And if we read further down, verse 27, they did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will do nothing. Uh, Then you will know that I am the one I claim to be and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me and he has not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. Okay, so our identity, who we are, cannot be dissociated from who God is, who our Father is. And that's how Jesus knew who he was. And uh, He identified himself totally with the Father because he said the Father is reliable. The Father can be trusted. So he just did whatever the Father asked him to do and he speak what the Father asked him to do. Even suffering the cross, Jesus was willing to to, to obey, to do it because he trusted the Father. He totally identified Uh, with the Father. He doesn't need to prove who He is. He already has an identity. His identity comes from the Father. So He just obey. He just follow. He just do. You know? You know our children, when they grow to teenage years, they want to prove who they are. They begin to rebel against us, right? They do their own thing. Because they need to prove who they are. Jesus doesn't need to prove who He is. He didn't do his own thing. He just did exactly what the Father wants him to do because he has an identity in the Father. So when they ask him, who are you? He said, well, the one who sent me. I'm from him. He's reliable. He's with me. That's my identity. Okay, he identified himself with, uh, totally with the Father. And... Uh, So in knowing the Father, we will know who we really are. For instance, if your natural father is a very harsh man, you know, when he speaks, he's very harsh. And naturally, you'll be fearful. And when he speaks, the way he talks to you, you feel, you know, inside, you you feel that you are uh, worthless. You're not good enough. That's the sense of messages that, that you will be receiving, you know, when he's so harsh uh, to you. And, and, but if your father is a loving father, you feel that, hey, I have worth, I'm accepted, I'm secure, I'm important, you know. So, so our emotion, we have an emotional identity to, the, to, to those uh, messages that we receive from, from our father. And so we need to know God the Father, because uh, no man has seen God, no man has seen the Father except His Son, Jesus. So no man can 
can really reveal who the Father is to us because He's so different to our earthly Father. You know? And that's why uh, only Jesus Himself can reveal Him to us. And by knowing Him, we will know who we are. We will know how to relate to Him. You know, and we'll know how to live our life the way that He wants us to, to live. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And, and in John 1, 14, He said that Jesus is the one and only Son. One and only Son who knows Him and He can reveal uh, to us. And before Jesus was taken up to heaven, He said to the, the woman Mary, when He appeared to Mary by the graveside, He said, I'm going to my Father your Father. I'm going to my God, your God. So the Father of Jesus is our Father. The God of Jesus, the Son of Man, is our God. But we have a wrong Father self-image, you know, because up to this point, maybe some of us, we have never heard a message about God the Father. You know, we talk about Jesus a lot. We talk about God Almighty, uh, and but we may not have heard the message about God as a father and, and what is he like. So when we come to accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior, everybody assume as you know assume that we know God the Father. So they say now you, you have accepted the Lord Jesus and now you're the Son of God. So you pray to God, you say, Our Father in heaven. So that's all. That's all they tell you, you know. But they, they, they never introduce God the Father to us and tell us who the Father is, you know, how is He like. So, so when we think about God the Father, we associate Him as our natural Father, just like our natural Father. Because we don't know any other Father except our natural Father. So when we think about, because we don't know God the Father, so we naturally think that, hey, He, he is... You know, like, like our father. So we have a, a, a concept about fatherhood that comes from our natural father. And, uh, and the result of this wrong father image in our life has resulted in us living a wrong kind of relationship with God the Father. Uh, just give you an example. You know, in the Bible, it talks about people who are very afraid of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, very afraid to receive the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said to the people, Jesus said, if you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, when you ask God the Father for the Holy Spirit, would He give you an evil spirit? But yet, we know today, they are Christian who dare not uh, receive or dare not believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they are afraid, you know, it could be demonic spirit. Where does that sort of doubts come from? Why would they think that God would give them an evil spirit when they ask Him for the Holy Spirit? You see, the fatherhood image. They have a defaulted fatherhood image in their life and they project it to God. They don't trust God. It's not that they can't trust God. It's just that they have been failed and disappointed by the natural father. So they have that sort of uh, doubts about 
God, about uh, the Father. And, and as a result, wrong perception of the fatherhood of God resulted in wrong experience. You know, And uh, so we really need to have a true knowledge about God, the Father, who is He like, and we can only get it through Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord. But Jesus himself has a good right image about God the Father. I want you to turn to John 16, verse 32. When Jesus talked about his crucifixion, when he talked about how everyone is going to desert him, and what did he say about the Father in verse 32? He said, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. You see, Jesus has a different image about God the Father. He said, even though I know the time is coming, every one of you will desert me. Some of you will betray me. But I know, I know, the Father is always with me. He will not desert me. You see, some of us, we have 40 fatherhood image of God. When something bad happened, we say, where are you, God? Why this thing happened to me if you love me? If you, you know, why you didn't listen to my prayer? You see, we have a 40 fatherhood image. We immediately think that, well, God is not good. God is not faithful. God has deserted us. I don't know whether you have that sort of experience. If you have. It's not because God is not trustworthy. It's because you have a faulty fatherhood image of God. But Jesus, he has, he, he just totally trusts the Father. That's why he totally identifies with the Father. That's why he said, I say what he say, I do what he do. You know, because he's faithful. So, so, so what kind of father is our God in heaven? Uh, John 1, Gospel of John 1, chapter tw- uh, verse 12. Verse 12. Yet to all who receive Him, to those who believe in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. God is a loving Father who initiated this process to bring us into His family. And He gave us the full right of sonship. You know, that means he, His love for us is unreserved. He did not cap part of His love, you know, away from us. He gave us a full right of sonship. That means we have just as much right as Son as the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. That's how, the, how much the Father accepts us into His family. It wasn't, you know, us human being, being second class children in His family. You know, His real son is Jesus. No. When He accepted us in His family, the book of Galatians tells us He gave us a full right, full right. Jesus, the Son of God, the right as Son, we have the same right, full right of sonship, right? So God is a loving Father. First John three one to three. We do not need to turn to it. He lavished His love on us. 
You know, we are called son of God and that's who we are. Not just called son of God. He said, that's who we are because God has lavished his love on us. Wow, that means he showered his love on us more than we can take. More than we can contain. Just pour his love, you know, all over us. Lavish his love on us. Right? And then, God the Father is full of grace and full of truth. In John 1 verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus had that glory. Full of grace and full of truth. And when we have seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. It's the Father's glory that is upon Him. So, our Father is full of grace. That means there are nothing in our life, no matter how bad we have done, that He cannot forgive us. He's full of grace. Some people, they carry a guilt in their hearts. They felt that certain things they have done it's too bad that God cannot forgive. Even though they know God, they believe God forgives their sin. But certain sin, they feel that God cannot forgive. But the Bible tells us that God is full of grace. He will forgive us. He will uh, uh, cleanse us from all our sin. And then He is full of truth. Full of truth. And we got to know that the enemies will come and deceive us with truth. Partial truth. But our God is full of truth. You know, the enemies will come and accuse us because he wants you to question who you are. He wants you to doubt about your identity in God. So he will say, hey, look, if you are a child of God, if you really is son of God, how come you sin?" How come you are like that? And that is true. That's what you have done. That's how you have behaved. So the enemy will deceive you with what is true. But what is true is not the whole truth. The whole truth is God our Father is full of grace. He will forgive us. He accepts us because we are His sons and we are His daughter. He accepts us because we are in relationship with Him, not because of our performance. Right? God accepts us because we are His son. We are born into His family. Not because we, do, we, we, we perform well or not well. When He created Adam and Eve, He said it was very good before they have done anything. It's that relationship. It's the birth birthright that we have as sons and, and daughters of the living God, not because of our performance. So God our Father is full of grace and full of truth. And verse 16 tells us God our Father, He loved to bless us. Verse 16, From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. So we receive blessing from God, not because we earn it, because He said, From the fullness of His grace. So often in our prayer, 
We feel that we have to perform so well. You know, we have done well. And, and now we can ask God confidently for answers to prayer. And sometimes we even come before God and say, God, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that. You know, why you didn't answer my prayer? But the Bible is telling us God blesses us out of the fullness of His grace. And that's why some young Christians, they're so simple. They have not done anything good. You know, they just believe the Lord that now they believe God is their Father. And in simplicity, like a child, they just believe anything. And you know, their prayer is so powerful. All those prayers were answered. And you, an old Christian who think that you know better, you're smarter, you know, we must be you know, obedient to God and holy and, and hopefully God will accept us and, and answer our prayer. Therefore, our prayer is not answered. Right? Because it's out of the fullness of His grace. God the Father blesses us. So sometimes we cannot look at and say, oh, God bless that person. That person must be holy. Oh, that person must be very good. No, it's not true. It's not true. It's the faith. Faith. The simplicity of faith you receive from God. When you have that, you receive it. If you don't have faith, well, you keep praying, right? Okay, the Father glorifies Him. The Father glorifies Him. Uh, this is found in John eight forty nine. In other words, the Father has our interest in mind. When He wants us to serve Him or do things, you know, He has our interest in mind. He has our future in mind. Sometimes we feel that God is demanding so much from us. He wants us to do this. He wants us to obey. You know, it seems that we are just serving Him. That's because we have a wrong father image about God. The reason why God asks us to do anything is because He thinks about our future. He thinks about our good. He thinks about our glory. You know, not for so much for Himself, but He thinks about us. Okay, and then let's move on. The Father is greater than all, and He is one with us. In John 10, 29 and 30. John 10, 29 and 30. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Okay, so our Heavenly Father is greater than all. And uh, He can protect us. He knows how to take care of us. And uh, so, so, if things happen, not according to what we expect, let's say, you know, we know that God protects us, God, the Father is greater than all. You know, it's not because God is not capable. It's because there may be other reasons why God has permitted that things to happen. He's training us in certain areas that we are still unaware. So instead of saying, God, why? You know, you say you protect me, you didn't protect me and so on. Instead of saying that, we ask God for wisdom, for intelligence to understand what's happening. Right? Because we know He's greater than all. Nobody can snatch it from us if He does not permit it. He's greater than all. And then to uh, John 13, verse 3 and 4, the Father put all things under 
our power. Under His power, the Father put all things for us. He makes us significance so that we can serve Him, serve out His purpose. The Father, uh, okay, right. So let's move on to this very powerful uh, story or parables that Jesus told about the prodigal son, you know, to to bring us to a true understanding of our Father in heaven, how He's like, and the, the difference between Him and our natural Father. Okay, this is found in Luke, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verse 11 to 33. We will not read the passage because all of us, I believe, we know this story. So Jesus told a parable about a rich man. He had two sons. And the younger son came to the father and asked the father to divide the inheritance so that he can get his rightful share. And uh, the father gave to the son his rightful share. But if we bring our story into our present day setting to help us to understand a little bit more of what is not told in this in this story, uh, you know, today if you are a father and uh, you are still young, strong, and your son come and ask you to divide the inheritance so that he can get his rightful share, I think as fathers we know our children. You know, we know who are the black sheep. We know why our sons want the possession, right? You know, this, this younger son who came to ask for the possession, he didn't come so that he can invest his money and, 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 and so on. He came because he's a black sheep in the family. He want to get his money and then he want to go and, and enjoy life and so on. As fathers, we know. We know our kids. So if, you're, if you as a father and, and your son came uh, and asked you all this thing, what do you do? Do you give it to him? How many of you are so generous you would give? You would? Well, it didn't happen to you, so maybe you raise your hand. I wouldn't give it to him because I know he's going to swindle uh, all my money and waste all my hard-earned money. Just indulge on himself. And besides, he's going to destroy his life. How can I let him take the money and destroy his life? That's my son. So we have all the legitimate reason not to give him the money. And also, we know that this guy, his heart is wayward. That's one of the ways we control him so that he won't be so bad. Because we, we have the money, right? Okay, that's, that's human father. I believe I'm not worse than you. I'm just a natural human father, just like any human father you know, would think, you see. Uh, so that's human father. We don't want our son to just waste our money because you know, money is precious, we earn it. And so, on. and so we would advise, hey, son, don't do it. In the father's house, you've got everything. You've know, you got a good job and so on. So what do you lack? Nothing. 
Okay, so stay. If you go out there, you know those guys, they want your money. You know those, 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 those young ladies, they're out there to grab your money. Okay, so we do advise, but, you know, the son will, will go away and come back again. You know, that. I want my share of money. You talk to him again, you give him a lecture and so on and so on, you know. Finally, finally, he kept pastoring it. You say, okay, all right, go. That's your share, right? And then if we, if we let him take his share, you know what we add in other words? We say you take all this. When you waste all the money, don't come back and ask for any more, right? You add that. Would you? Would you not? I think I would do that. You know, we add that sentence there so that think again, think twice. Do you really want to take it? You know, if you take it, don't come back for more if you, if you waste everything. Okay, so, but in this story, the father didn't try and manipulate the son. The father let the son take the money. You know, that father represents God the father. So God the father would not manipulate us to obey him. He would not manipulate us to love him. He just wants us to love Him. He just wants us to serve Him out of our free will. But so often we think that, oh, if I don't serve God, He's going to punish me. He's going to cause me to have an accident. He's going to cause me to be sick. He's going to cause this thing to happen. Right? We feel that way. And immediately if we are sick, we associate with our disobedience. You know, God is now punishing me. You see? God is not like that. So God, the, the father let the son take everything. And the son, sure enough, this will happen to him. So he, he just wasted all the money and he just wasted all the money. And news will get back. I tell you, if your son misbehave, you are so and so in the city, news spread very fast. Bad news, that is. So sure, people will come and say, Hey, so-and-so, do you know your son out there, what he's doing? So you know. And you're rich. You can send servants out there to find out. Because you care for your son, you love your, you, for your son. Especially your wife will be very, very sick about the son, you know. He will come and tell you, hey, go. Get somebody, find out what happened to him. You know, we have no news about him for so long. And... But the story, the father didn't send any servant. He just waited in the house. Patiently. He loves the son. But he did not intervene at the wrong time. When the son is not ready. Okay, so he allowed the son to go on to suffer from bad to worse. Until finally, finally the son was feeding pigs. And because of the famine, because the situation was so bad, the son was eating in order to survive. Eating what the pigs are eating. Remember, this is, these are Jews. Jesus is a Jew. And he's using pigs as an illustration. Jews 
like Muslim, pigs are unclean. Okay? So, in other words, the father allowed the son to hit rock bottom. The son could not go any further down. As a Jew, you end up with pigs eating what pigs are eating, taking care of pigs. How low can you get? You can't get any lower than that. You see? But the father need to allow the son to go through that in order for the son to come to his senses. His senses. So the Bible tells us that in that condition, the son came to his senses. But let me tell you the story, what's really happened. If you are the son, if you have a wrong fatherhood image about your father, even though at times you wanted to go back, but you dare not go back, right? Especially if you remember what he said, when you have wasted everything, don't come back for more. You dare to come back? No way. You see, you were not. You were scared. You were scared that your father would scold you, would, would beat you or, or whatever. That's what you think your father would do to you. Anyone you think differently? You got such a good father that when you did all those things, waste all his money, you come back, you believe your father would just say, Hi, son. You know, good to see you back. I love you so much. Come, come, come. No. I think we, we would think that our father would, would be so angry, you know, and, and, and scold us and, and maybe would not take us in uh, and so on. So, so, I believe the son did think about coming back. But because he had a wrong father image, you know the, fa- the wrong father image he had? When he was at home, he think that outside is better. He think that the father deprived him of the right to enjoy life. The father is keeping him away from the good thing. And that's why he wants to venture out. You see, wrong father image. He wanted to prove himself. And so, finally, finally, he came to his senses. When he came to his senses, you know why I'm so confident about what I said he was thinking? Because when he came to his senses, you know what he said? He said, I will go back to my father. You see, my father's servants are better than me. So I will just plead with him, just be his servant because I'm not worthy to be his son. I've sinned against him. I've sinned against God. I am not worthy to be his son. So I just begged him to take me in just as a servant. You see, so he believed the father would, would punish him or the father would not accept him because as a son, he just failed so miserably. He's not worthy. So he just wanted to come back to be a servant, you see. But the story goes that when he came back, the father saw him from a distance. In other words, the father was waiting all this while, every day, patiently. You know, the father did not send servants to look for him. It doesn't mean that the father did not love him. Because the father was waiting for him to come to his senses through repentance. You know, the father would not intervene. For us, we would. 
we would. We would bribe him to come back. We would tell him, you come back, we'll give you a job. You come back, I'll give you a car. Maybe I'll give you a servant too. So come back. No, not this father. See, God will not bribe you. That's why sometimes you threaten him in your prayer. He never answers you. Some of us, we pray, God, you did not answer my prayer. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to sell group. You see, he did not answer you. At the end, you come to your senses, you go back to church, you go back to your cell group. Or else you keep suffering. You know, so God the Father is not going to be twisted and going to blackmail uh, to, to, to respond to us. But the Father really loves us. He waited patiently. But what about our Father? I'm sure they will also wait for us to come back, you know. Uh, and, and, and especially as rich men, not having to do a lot of things at times, everything is being taken care of for him. So he'll be waiting there some days when he saw us. You know, when you saw your son coming back, I tell you, you've been waiting for so long for him to come back. Now your heart will be so excited. You will just stood up, you know, and, and, and wanted to rush to your son. But as you stood up, you know, all those money that you've given to him suddenly flashed to your mind. The millions of dollars that he has wasted and his family name that he's put to shame and the ridicule and the, the neighbors, you know, uh, uh, how the neighbors look at you and talk and gossip about your son. All those things will flash back through your mind. And now your face begins to get red and burning. You know, you're boring inside because of what he has done. So you sit down back again into your rocking chair. Now you begin to think, why would he come back? Is he coming back to ask for more money? No chance, I'm not going to give it to him. Is he coming back for any purpose? I don't know, but I'm not going to give it to him. So he begins to think, you begin to, to wonder. And you say, after what he has done, how can I take him back to the home? You know, after the shame that he put me through, after the suffering that all these years that I've been waiting and, and hurting, you know, I'm not going to take him back. I'm going to wait and see what he wants. So you sit down, back to your old rocking chairs, pretend to sleep. Pretend not to see him. So the son came back. And when he came near the house, his heart is pounding faster and faster and faster. He was not sure whether the father would take him back. Remember, he said, I'm not worthy. Remember he think, what he think of his father? The father will not accept him. The father will punish him. The father will, will scold him. So as he approached her house, his heart will be pounding. And when he look at the father, hey, he's sleeping. What do I do? He did not wake him up. He did not go into the house. So he wanted to enter the gates, but then he think no. I'm not sure what he would, he would, he would, how he would take me. So he go around the house and come back. The father opened his one eyes and peep. And just before the son looked at him, he closed his eyes and pretend to sleep again. 
And so the son came around this time. He said, no, what, what do I do now? I make some noise. I stand my feet a little bit harder, hoping that he will wake up and look at me. Or maybe I will cough. <clears throat> you know, maybe the father will hear me and open his eyes, you see. So, so he was worried, he was nervous, he was scared. And, and, and he hoped that the father would just open his eyes. You see, that would be what happened today, you know, to our father, to our children, if that thing happened. But the story in the parable is different. Jesus told us that this father saw the son and he ran. Oh, China man, you never do that. <laughs> Who are we? We are father, you know, have dignity. How can we run to the sun like that? It's him who should come and bow down and ask for forgiveness. After what he's done, how can? No, 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 not China man. But the story tells us that father is not a China man. So that father ran and hugged. Uh, hug. Oh my. When was the last time your father hugged you? The father hugged him, kissed him. Oh my goodness. You see, our heavenly father is not China man, so you're okay. Kiss him. And with all the dirt and smell of pegs, and the father gave him a new rope and uh, sandals and and. and ring to say that, hey, you're my son. You have full right to be my son. You're not second class. I put you back to be full sons. And then the father said, hey, come. Servants, let's slaughter some animals and and we're going to have a party today because my son was dead, but now he's alive. So they have a party. How many of you will have a party, celebrate, call the neighbors in because your son came out of prison on drugs? I know when your son came back from, 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 from United States with a PhD, you will, you will have a party and, and celebrate, but not when your son came out from prison. Not when your son came back bankrupt, dirty, smelly. No, you wouldn't do that. If neighbors heard about it, you would say, go in, go in, quick, 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 get in, get in. Don't let them see you. That's what we would do. We would still feel so ashamed of what our son has done. But not, not this father, not the father in heaven. The father in heaven say, if one sinners repent, heavens rejoice. The angels will be singing. There will be a party. Because one wayward son came home. That's our Father in heaven. So, the Father restored him, forgave him, and there was joy and celebration. And the elder son came back. And they heard music. Why? Because ever since the younger brother left home, there was no music in the home. 
because the father was feeling so sad about the son. And he was surprised. He said, hey, what's this music? And the servant told him that your younger brother has come back. And your father is giving a party and celebration. This, this elder brother refused to go in. This eldest brother was so filled with anger and the father came out. And he said, this son of yours, not my brother, this son of yours, have wasted all the money and you give him a party. But me, look at me. Every day I serve you. Every day I'm so a good Christian. I go to prayer meeting. I go to cell group. I go Sunday service every day. But my prayer, you didn't answer me. And that one just just got saved. Wow. This prayer answer, that prayer answer, that prayer answer. You know, but me? Not fair. Not fair. You see, there are people in church, they think like that, right? Not you. You don't think like that. So the, the father said, this son of mine, he was dead, but now he's alive. We should celebrate. And the father said to the, the elder son, he said, son, you know, everything I have in the house is yours. When you want anything, just take it. It's yours. But the eldest son has a wrong father image. Wrong fatherhood image. He was trying to perform. He was trying to earn the blessing of the father. He's trying to earn the favor of the father so that the father would be pleased with him, so that the father would give him a calf to, 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 to slaughter and celebrate with his friend. He didn't know that he was accepted because his son, not because of his performance. And so all along he's been performing, he's been trying to, to do well. But inside he's grumbling because somehow he's waiting for the father to give, to bless him. Somehow he feels that the father has not treated him well. You know, some of us, we serve God. We serve God well. But inside our hearts, there's a, a little bit of bitterness inside. We think that God did not deal with us, you know, the way He should. He should bless us more. But we don't know that we don't need to use our performance to gain His favor and gain His love and acceptance. He loved us while we were still sinners. We're accepted. We're already accepted. His blessing is there, ready for us. If we need it, we ask the Father. He will give it to us. But instead, we are still trying to earn, trying to, by striving to, to, to get what we think we deserve. But the Father blesses us out of the fullness of His grace. Right? So you see, if we have a wrong fatherhood image of God, we will have a wrong kind of relationship. We will not be able to live the life that He wants us to live and enter into the destiny that He wants us to enter. So it's so important that we know God and then we know ourselves 
having full right as sons. The elder son did not know his full right. He's still trying to earn, just like the servant, just like a slave. The younger son, when he came back, the father gave him full right, restore him. You know, so wrong knowledge of God will result in wrong relationship, wrong kind of relationship with God the Father. Ignorance. Ignorance will keep us away from, from what God has for us. So many of us, we are not the younger son because we are so good Christians. Many of us, we are the elder son. We are so judgmental. We are so self-righteous. We think we have done well and we think those guys don't deserve it because they are so bad. You know? But, but we need to understand God. God the Father, He accepts us because we are sons. When we fail, He forgives us because we are sons. He blesses us because we are sons. Because of our relationship with Him. So tonight, let's, let's have a right fatherhood image so that we can come before God and see that we are, we are sons. We are not unworthy servants. We are sons. We have full rights to come to our Father and the Father loves to bless us. Okay, so uh, this is important because when we know our Father, just like Jesus knew His Father, then he knows who he is. So tonight, you know that you are loved by God the Father. You are accepted by God the Father. You, he bless you because you are sons. You are daughters. We do not need to strive. We just need to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Identify ourselves with him. He is our father. We are his children. Identify ourselves with him. And uh, we know he, he knows how to take care of us. Okay, so that is uh, where I want to stop tonight. So that we have a true understanding of God, our Father. So that we will come to Him, rightly relate to Him. You know, rather than living sort of disgruntled inside, even though outwardly we serve Him, we say we love Him, but inside we feel that He's not fair, He's keeping good things from us, and so on. So tonight, let's have a right fatherhood image so that we know we are sons and daughters, loved by our Father, And he just wants us to love him freely. Amen.